0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino.
0: Yeah, folks, I'm not going to back down. Many of you heard my radio show yesterday. If you only listened to the podcast, you may have missed out on what happened. I will explain today. It became a pretty big story, not my intention. Um, I don't do, you know, public relations ploys. I'm getting too old for any of that garbage, not interested. But I'll explain to you what happened and why my name was trending on these social media platforms yesterday. So uh, stay tuned. And I'll dispel some myths about what's happening, too. Involves these vaccine mandates. Hey, why haven't you gotten a VPN yet? Protect your data from online activity. Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com. Slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino show. I want to get right to it today because I do have a lot of material um, to cover. I've got that an update on why you're a second class citizen in your own country as well. And a moment of comic relief. Joe Biden speaking into a microphone while no one's listening, which is pretty much the story of Joe Biden's life. All right, Joe, let's go. Oh, bye. We're back. <laughs> yeah. All right, long day yesterday. So, um, here it is in a nutshell. For those of you on the podcast, a lot of this went down after the podcast. Therefore, you didn't hear it, uh, but you did hear it on the radio show. Uh, a little background I have a nationally syndicated radio program. I partner, I don't work for, but I partner with Cumulus. They own a lot of the stations. They are what we would call a radio syndicator. They put out my three hour radio show, it airs live. From 12 p.m. Eastern Time to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. A lot of you already know this. Forgive me for relitigating it, but we have a lot of loon listeners today interested in this story. So I partnered with Cumulus. Well, Cumulus, uh, for some reason, thought it was a good idea a little while ago to institute a vaccine mandate for the company. Well, I had had some ongoing communications with them. I strongly objected to this. And um, once people started getting let go and moved around, I felt like it was my responsibility accumulus to stand against it. You know, folks, it, talking is one thing we got to do. I can't just go on my show and tell you guys to do stuff and then just be a talker myself. I've never been that way. I left my last job to go run for office because I believed in it, didn't work out. But, you know, action matters. Talk is cheap. There's a lot of talkers. There's a lot of bull hitters, if you know what I mean. Um, I'm not into that. You know, I got 46 going on, 47 years on the planet. I learned a lot of things. You know, the most valuable quote I ever heard, right? The natural. I've said it a couple of times. We all live two lives. The one we learn from and the one we live after that. The real path to happiness is through suffering. Sometimes we got to suffer a little bit. Well, I'm in that second life right now. I learned a lot of my mistakes in the first one. I learned thousands of ways not to do things. I learned what wasn't for me. Politics. I learned what was for me. Activism and action. A talk needs to motivate action. So I went on the air on Cumulus's radio stations yesterday. And I let them know that I am objecting to their vaccine mandate. And I gave them an ultimatum. And the ultimatum to Cumulus, uh, which would not be penalty-free to me, which is fine. That's (laughs) part part of the deal, is that they can have me or they can have the vaccine mandate, but they can't have both. I didn't expect the story to go viral. It did. I certainly wasn't doing it for any kind of a public relations thing. I don't need any of that, obviously, at this point. Not interested in any of that. You know, and it's kind of hilarious to watch liberals and, and fake discredited um, slobs on the Republican side, the grifter class, stun. So what did they do yesterday? Of course, the left, in, uh, in an effort to discredit what I'm doing, Uh, And the the anti-Trump grifter crowd, because that's what they do, they're grifters, because they have no principles, what they want to do, the left and the grifters, is the left have to take down people who stand on principle. You understand why they're doing that, right? Because they want you to believe that you don't really have to stand on principles, you should just pay them first. It's all a grift. That's really the grifter side. The left side, the left has never had a principle ever. So they remind me of that kid. I grew up with this kid once who, you know, sometimes I would go home and they'd be like, why are you going home? I said, because my mom said I had to be home for dinner. And they'd be like, yeah, but what? You could just lie to her and say we got lost on the way home. Like, they were so stunned I went home because my mother told me to be home for dinner because they never listened to them, that they were shocked. They didn't understand it. That's why the left is so puzzled by my decision to potentially leave a nationally syndicated radio show I love doing on principle because the left doesn't have any principles. They never did. These are zeros. These are life losers. They don't stand for anything. They hate this country. They hate you. And they object to the fact that anyone standing on principle like myself and many others, I'm not in this alone. Southwest employees, I got video of that coming up. A bunch of police officers who have a lot to lose. They object to that because their lives are meaningless voids of emptiness. They don't stand for anything. These are losers. These are life losers. Their lives mean nothing and they want your life to mean nothing too. And when your life means something and you stand on principle, they are so deeply disturbed because they got to wake up and look themselves in the mirror and say, that's not me. So the conspiracy theorist left and the grotesque grifter right, of course, came out with a couple of myths. Myth number one, that I'm only attempting to Stand for the the employees being let go and the vaccine mandate a cumulus, and forfeit my show because the ratings are bad. <laughs> That's hilarious. Listen, I, I don't talk about ratings specifically on the radio for a number of reasons. They're not something cryptic or secret. It's just, I have a lot of friends in the business and it's, it's gauche to do that. But I assure you, I assure you, If it was a ratings issue and we weren't blowing up the airwaves like we are, don't you think someone would have leaked that by now? Of course, if you're the left, you're just too stupid to figure that out. And again, because you have no principles, you're always looking for an ulterior motive because that's your entire life looking for the easy way out because you're losers. You're life losers. You've lost it everything. You don't stand for anything and you never will. You have no dignity, no courage, no spine, and you want to justify your dignityless no courage no spine existence you want to you you, you want to justify it by proving everybody else lives a soulless life like you do ratings issue is hilarious we have the opposite problem the ratings have been amazing that's why it's not easy to potentially walk away from this second is it some kind of a contract thing <laughs> folks Again, you don't think that would have leaked by now? Oh, man, his contract is, is up. Really? The show is only, what is it, five, six months old? I don't even know. We're at 20, 21 weeks of shows? Yeah, yes, yes, I good. signed a, yeah, Joe, I signed a 22-week radio contract. <laughs> unusual, very unusual. Yeah, very. <laughs> Joe's been in the radio business 30 years. Very unusual, he says. 22 weeks, 22 and a half. Show ends next Wednesday. <laughs> Again, you're a leftist, I get it, you know. You live a vacuum of a life. You have no dignity or courage, so you want everyone else not to have any courage, too. I understand what you're doing. The other one is that, oh, he's just doing it for himself. I'm vaccinated, you idiots on the left. I have lymphoma. I have cancer. I got the vaccine early because I was high risk. My decision has no impact on my stance. I am not even subject to the mandate because I'm already vaccinated. I'm doing it for other people who don't have the umph, the leverage, or the ability, and weren't in the high-risk category I am. I know leftists don't understand any of that. I'm not anti-anything. I'm anti-mandates, and I'm anti-people being fired for not having sovereignty over their own bodies. I know leftists, it's hard for you to understand. And I know... Obese, skin-filled bags of onion rings and lard like Jonah Goldberg from The Dispatch. A grotesque human being who really needs to comb his hair and, and wear deodorant once in a while. This skin-filled, rotting bag of onion rings. This obesity. Jonah Goldberg. He thought it was funny that I stood on principle. And it's not surprising because when you're Jonah Goldberg, a laughing stock. A joke of a human being amongst that small class of human beings who know you. Of course you'd find it funny. Of course you'd find the whole thing funny. Because you've never stood on a principle for your entire life. You're a humiliation to anyone who knows you. Anyone who's been around you. And when I see you in the green room in Fox, you'll typically lower your head in shame because you're a coward and a chump. And you work with that other chump loser, Kevin Williamson. Again, you guys are just, you, what you're, 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 you're nothing but leftist hacks posing as conservatives because the grift is good for you. That's all you are. You and Stephen Hayes and that class of losers, that's all you are. Losers. Folks, it's about body sovereignty. It's always been about bodily sovereignty to me. It's not about a vaccination. This is a liberal move. Liberals know if they can take control of your body and what you're allowed to put in it and what you're not, and they can mass fire people, that their move towards tyranny is complete. Jonah doesn't understand that. He's too stupid. He's too busy grifting, eating onion rings, filling himself up with mayonnaise sandwiches. He's bound, you know, floating dandruff. The colon's causing a flurry. Uh, Looks like a snowstorm with his dandruff flakes every time he walks past you. Buy a new suit, you slob. Here's the Southwest employees, by the way. It's not just me. There are others, folks. There are a lot of others standing against this vaccine mandate, too. Now's the time. The time is now to stand up. Don't wait another minute. Don't pretend the fight's not going to come to your door. It's coming to your door. Get out ahead of it right now. The fight's coming to your door. If you don't have sovereignty over your own body, and Joe Biden can tell you what you must do and must inject into your body, as a condition of almost living in the united states and being employed anywhere then all is lost here's some southwest employees standing up and chanting uh let's go brandon check this out Jonah Goldberg and the left, they don't understand any of that. They're dignity-free, spineless jellyfish of human beings. They're losers, and they want everyone else to be losers, too. You know, it's a shame that these mandates and everything, too, have been based on pseudoscience. They've been based on media hype. They've been based on a lot of things. Natural immunity is a very real thing. It's a fact of biology, how long natural immunity lasts. We don't yet know. We've only had coronavirus with us two years. But it's probably a good idea to wait that out and figure it out before you demand people take a therapeutic or a vaccine they don't want to take. That's what sane people would do, but not tyrants like Jonah Goldberg and the left. This has morphed into an entirely political issue. Tucker Carlson did a great segment last night talking about how Joe Biden and the left have used the coronavirus issue to bludgeon people into submission and divide America because that's what they are. They hate this country. Remember my golden rule. We think Democrats are people with bad ideas. Democrats think we're bad people with ideas. Coronavirus was a reason to bludgeon the bad people. That is it. Remember all the condemnation of Ron DeSantis? Death Santis when the rates in Florida in the summer started to spike. And what did I tell you then? And what did a number of other people tell you then? Rates always spike of coronavirus infection in the summer in Florida because it's hot and people go inside. Watch what happens when the weather cools down. It's about 70 degrees today in Florida. People go outside. You're going to see infections slow down. What's going to happen up north as the weather cools down and people go inside the opposite of what they do in Florida? You know, seasonality, south, north. Liberals don't get any of that. They're too stupid. All of a sudden, New York's, uh, even though they have a higher vaccination rate, New York now has more than doubled Florida's rate of new COVID cases per 100,000. Look at this set of tweets right here. Here's Abe Greenwald saying, hey, New York has double Florida's rates of new COVID cases per 100,000. Weird, because then Steve Day says, that's crazy because their vaccination rate is higher too. Seasonality just getting started in New York too. Weird how we don't hear any condemnation of the New York governor, right? They called them Death Santis. Her name is Death Hokel. So I'm wondering why don't they call her Deathical or something? You know, like Icicle, maybe Deathical. Why don't they do that? Why don't they do that? Why don't I do that? Because it has nothing to do with Kathy Hochul. However awful she is as a radical far leftist governor of New York taking over for that dunce Cuomo. It has nothing to do with her. And we're not liars like Jonah Goldberg and the spineless left with zero principles. People in New York are getting infected now at a higher rate than they were in Florida because the weather's cooling down and they're going inside where the airflow is not as fresh as it is outside. Again, why do you listen to these people? Why? Death Santis. You hear nothing about Florida anymore. And you'll hear not a thing about New York because Deathical is a Democrat. These people hate you. Do you understand? I'm not trying to irritate you or get like a tick embedded underneath your skin to annoy you. I'm telling you the truth. And the sooner you digest what's going on, the more prepared you will be for the fights ahead. That rotting bag of onion rings, Joni Goldberg really believes. Joni, he believes, Joni, that... These people are really there to debate in a civil Roberts rule of order fashion because he's lost. He'll do anything for the grift. You need to understand these people hate you. This has nothing to do with a vaccine. When Donald Trump's team was doing um, the operation that led to the development of the vaccines, the left was on Twitter openly saying they wouldn't touch it. Where was the death Santos media? Nowhere. These people hate you. Understand it. Grasp it. Get ready for the fights ahead. These people are not sane. Once Joni Onion Rings gets it, it's going to be rough for him. Reminds me of the Solzhenitsyn's First Circle, right? They got all the, the scientists to vouch for their form of socialism. Then the scientists got put in jail. And then they force the scientists to go and set up their friends to get them in jail too. That'll be Jonah. Jonah thinks he's going to be the last one in jail. He thinks they're going to let him take the onion rings with him.
1: Hey, Jonah, onion rings. Go get in. Yeah.
0: That's right. Oh, yeah. You're the cell on the left. 221. He's too stupid to figure it out. He's too busy grifting. All right. Let me get to, uh, hold on a second here. Let me take a break. I need a, it was an emotional beginning there. Folks, just stand with me in the fight. I'm with you. I promise. This is a two-way street. I'm with you. And please, I just want you to understand it's not going to be cost-free. I get that. I get that. That's all right. It's the right thing to do. All right, coming up, you're a second-class citizen in your own country now. Oh, yeah, the evidence is everywhere. First, if you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. It's HenryUSA.com, and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals and a list of dealers in your area. That's HenryUSA.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. survival Rifle. So you're a second-class citizen in your own country, folks. We've all been subjected, many of us in our jobs, and Biden is threatening, although there's no rule yet, through OSHA, a vaccine mandate here. They can't stand up to all of us, folks. This will be the greatest defeat of big government in our lifetime. If Biden institutes this vaccine mandate and there is mass civil disobedience, listen, I, I, I got the vaccine. That's your choice whether you get yours. Uh, I, really, I'm standing for people's freedom and their ability to determine what goes in their body and what doesn't. Whether you've had the vaccine or not, it's not their business, anyone. I told you, but you don't have to tell anyone. It's time for mass civil disobedience here. Because there's no vaccine mandates for illegal immigrants. So if you break the law and come into this country, you're not subjected to the same requirements the citizens that finance and built this country are? Oh, that's right, folks. Matter of fact, while it's hard for you to catch a flight because of vaccine mandates and other ridiculous supply constraints imposed by the Biden administration's um, obstacles to the supply side, while pumping uh, free cash into the demand side. You can't catch a flight, but don't worry. Illegal immigrants can. Did you see this story in the New York Post? Biden is secretly flying underage migrants into New York in the dead of night by Miranda Devine and the, the rest of her team there. Do you notice what time they're arriving? It said around 2,000 migrants nabbed after sneaking into the U.S. from Mexico arrived at the airport outside White Plains, New York, on 21 flights since August 8th. This is really strange, folks. Records show some of the planes touched down between midnight and 6.30 a.m. when a voluntary curfew is in effect. With two arriving from Houston at 2 a.m. and 4.29 a.m. on August 20th. The clandestine nature of the operation raises questions about how the White House is dealing with a surge in unaccompanied minors. Now, I live near an airport that is right down the road. It is a right and a left away. It is right there. That airport has a voluntary curfew as well. Why? Nobody wants a jet flying over their house at 3 o'clock in the morning waking everybody up. So what's really strange is the people in White Plains would notice this. What's also strange is it's a voluntary curfew for everyone else. So there's no reason to land the plane at 2 and 4 a.m. Unless you were doing it to keep people from seeing what you're doing. Which is so clearly what the Biden administration is doing here. You can't catch a flight. You have to stick a vaccine in your arm whether you want it or not. But not if you're in the country illegally. Matter of fact, if you try to fly a private jet into White Plains, book one. See what happens. Tell them you want to leave at 1 o'clock in the morning from D.C. and land at 2.30. Watch what happens. Watch what they tell you. But you're a second-class citizen in your own country. No flight curfews, no vaccine mandates. Flights for illegals, just not for you. It gets worse. Whereas you thought you could go on social media. And you could post on social media about whatever you wanted. You can't. It's a Washington Times story about Facebook. You know Facebook. They banned Hunter Biden uh, posts about Hunter Biden and his <coughs> excuse me Hunter Biden and his laptop. You can't post about any of that stuff. But don't worry, if you're a human smuggler and an illegal immigrant, you can definitely post your advice and tips on crossing the border illegally. Washington Times story, Stephen Dynan. Be in my newsletter, bongino.com slash newsletter. Subscribe today. It's free, of course. You can read these articles. So the Attorney General, Mark Burnovich from Arizona, asked Facebook what they were doing about human smuggling being promoted on Facebook. And Facebook got back to them, and according to this piece said, we do allow people to share information about how to enter a country illegally or request information about how to be smuggled wrote William Castleberry, Facebook's vice president for state public policy. <clears throat> he said, what the, and left the blast part out. I'll say, what the? You're second class citizens in your own country. Your country can be invaded from the South. Facebook will facilitate it. Yet when your country's invaded by the Biden family, involved in in, in all kinds of overseas cabals, and corrupt activities, right? And you highlight that so that they don't take over public policy. You're banned and your posts are banned from Facebook. Again, you live in a completely separate country. You are a second-class citizen in your own country. Here's one more. Here's a video of Peppermint Patty from yesterday. The disgraceful Jen Psaki. Biden was caught without a mask in Washington, D.C. in violation of their indoor mask mandate, which I, good for Biden. I agree the mask mandates are stupid and that masks, there is no evidence masks have worked to stem the tide of none, zero. So when she was asked by Peter Ducey from Fox, hey, Joe Biden, you know, he's all for these mask mandates. Why isn't he following the mask mandate laws himself? Listen to Peppermint Patty try to spin it again, 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 proving my point. We live in a second. You are a second class citizen in the country we reside in right now. The elites and illegal immigrants have a different set of rules for you. Here's Saki trying to defend it. Check this out.
1: Well, I think what we are referring to is a photo of them walking out of a restaurant after they they had eaten, masks in hand, where they had not yet put them back on yet. So I would say, of course, uh, there are moments when we all don't put masks back on as quickly as we should. But I don't think we should lose miss lose a force through the trees here. And that our objective here is to get more people vaccinated, make sure that, uh, that schools and companies around the country can put in place requirements. To save more lives and keep people safer uh and you know not overly focus on moments in time that don't reflect overarching policy it was not just exiting the restaurant though he was walking through the restaurant with no mask on there is a carve out for uh people under two or people who are actively eating or drinking so i'm just curious why the president was doing this i think i just addressed it here
0: no she didn't address it these people don't believe in anything they don't, everything they tell you is a farce. If they believed in it, if Joe Biden thought the mask was going to save him from potential coronavirus infection, he would wear it. He doesn't believe in it. It's like Matt Walsh said once on Tucker. There aren't two sets of rules. What do you mean, Dan? Yeah, the elites, illegal immigrants, one set of rules. You and No, no, there's one set of rules. The one set of rules is this. We're in charge. Shut your freaking mouths and do what we tell you and sit down in the corner. Well, I'm not sitting down anymore. And neither are many of you. I'm not doing it. I'm not playing the game. I don't care if it leaves us broken, destitute, this operation. I'm not doing it. And you shouldn't either. We are not second-class citizens in our country. This is our country. Consent to the governed matters. It's not a campaign slogan. This is ours. We built it. We own it. It's ours. These people work for us. We don't work for them. There will be one set of rules. And that set of rules will be a constitutional republic guided by the greatest founding document in the history of humankind, our U.S. Constitution. That's what'll matter. That's the set of rules. And we got to flush the toilet of these losers in charge now. All right, let me get to this quick before I get to my. I got a lot of material to get to. Obviously a little fired up today. Getting a bunch of emails during the show from reporters now asking me what I plan on doing on my show exactly what I said I was gonna do why do you got to email me about it Some of them aren't even real they're they're journalists if you know what I mean Again they're always looking for some some, some weird motive motives the truth and principle that's what matters is it not I mean it's time for us to stand up us that have the ability to do it and leave these cops out there and firemen and nurses and doctors dangling in the wind you're gonna lose everything. You know, let me take a quick break here for a 2nd I'm just—I uh, appreciate your patience, folks. We have a lot of good sponsors that—they they help keep the show free—and uh, I really just need to kind of ground myself again. I don't want to get off on a bunch of rants. <clears throat> it's talking for a long time yesterday, so my my voice may sound a little different as well. Hey, so this goes under hashtag Trump was right again. Here is a speech Donald Trump gave a long time ago about how. The cancel culture descent into the vacuum of stupid would likely one day result in the founding fathers being ousted as well um, because of many of them owned slaves. Yes, they were obviously far from perfect human beings who were sinners who made a lot of mistakes. But, you know, let he who is without sin. Right. Also, the founding fathers established the idea of representative democracy as well. We view people in total. We don't view people engage them only by their catastrophic mistakes. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Thomas Edison, you know, failed thousands of times before some of his inventions, inventions came to fruition. If we judge them only by his failures, obviously that standard would be impossible to meet. So here was Trump know, about four and a half, five years, five years ago about by now, saying, listen, we're descending, I don't know, four years ago, whatever. We're descending into madness right now. Thomas Jefferson will be next. Check this out.
1: Well, no, George Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down? Excuse me. Are we going to take down? Are we going to take down statues to George Washington? How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him?
0: Okay, good. Are we
1: going to take down the statue? Because he was a major slave owner. Now we're going to take down his statue. So you know what? It's fine. You're changing history. You're changing
0: culture. Again, his instincts on that were correct. As you can see from this New York Post article by Julia Marsh. Commission vows to oust Thomas Jefferson's statue from New York City Council Chamber by the end of the year. It was apparently an overwhelming vote. Again, these people are setting you up for a standard no human being can possibly meet. You will all be canceled if the standard is perfection because no one will meet that standard. A note of comic relief. It's been a heavy show today. There's a lot going on. I um I've had a I've had a, you know, busy day and a half here. So it's um I don't know, it's just been a lot to deal with, folks. Sorry. I I I just, you know, Friday we had the fight with the sponsor about that and uh you know, it's just a lot. It's just a lot. I mean, it really is. It's um, sometimes you just want to, you know. After Friday, I thought, okay, you know, maybe we'll get a couple weeks where things will just kind of go tranquilo. And that's not the way any of this works. So, on that note, here's a moment of comic relief for you, which I so desperately need. Here is, you know, clueless Joe Biden who never knows where he is, what he's doing. Uh, here he is at a White House looks like a South Grounds event I've been in a lot of these talking into a microphone you got to watch this on Rumble it's hilarious clearly no one's listening this event was clearly scripted he clearly was not supposed to speak here and he talks in a microphone until his wife rescues him and is like hey no one's really listening to you right now you may want to walk away check this out I tell you what I would like to learn it let that let's do that <laughs> <That's> just, <laughs> I know guys, please, ladies go to my rumble account. I, I again, I'm not, I'm not Jonah Goldberg. I'm not a skin covered bag of, uh, of Play-Doh. I'm not grifting off you for just go watch it. You fast forward ahead to 3530 or whatever the marker is. Just watch the video. This guy doesn't even know he's talking to my, nobody even knows what he's doing. He's like, and his wife's like, nobody's listening, Joe. And he walks me. It is so cringe. Just watch it, please. Okay, back to serious stuff. Comic relief time is over. I'm still getting people from the media. Damn, I'm telling you, they're all looking for some, like, weird reason. That's who they are. People don't have any guts, so they're wondering why people, yeah. So Christopher Steele, you know they have to save Christopher Steele and his reputation. I talked about it yesterday. Christopher Steele is one of the alleged authors of the dossier, you know, the dossier that said Trump colluded with the Russians. You know the whole story. It said there's a PP tape that Russia has of him getting peed on by prostitutes in Russia. It's all fake. The whole dossier is made up, right? I told you yesterday they have to save Christopher Steele's reputation because the hypersonic missile story, Hillary's role in the Skolkovo project, which stole the technology to build hypersonic missiles according to multiple intel reports and the fact that the Durham report uh or, or the dorm investigations come into a close which is going to nail some people I, i'm not convinced it's going to be any higher ups there's going to be some long-lasting effect from it but it may nail a few people to the wall we'll see i have no faith in the justice department i can't say that enough so they have to save christopher steele to distract you from the hypersonic missile story and to distract you from the durham story where there may be an, may may be an arrest on that So here's ABC News. Here's a tweet from them exclusive. Christopher Steele contends that more evidence to support his dispute, this is unbelievable, to support his disputed dossier's claims may still surface so long as Donald Trump remains active in politics. I don't think the book is finished, Steele said by a long shot. Folks, the book is finished. This guy is a clown. This guy is a joker. He is a discredited buffoon. There is nothing this guy said of substance in the dossier that turned out to be true. I wish this were the last time I'd have to do this. But based on the trajectory of the media's effort to resurrect the fake PP tape, because they are losers, I have to do this again. Here is a great article by John Solomon's Just the News site. It's terrific. It entirely eviscerates Christopher Steele. This man is a zero. He is a liar. It's a documented fact. He's a liar. John Solomon. Steele's defense of the dossier collides with an avalanche of evidence to the contrary. Read the piece. It'll be in my newsletter today. Again, bongino.com newsletter. I'm just going to go through three of the big ones. There's a ton of other stuff in here. John says, in fact, Christopher Steele's British lawyer even suggested that the news organization who publishes dossier, BuzzFeed, was reckless to publish the information because of its unverified nature. This is his own lawyer. The lawyer said it was an editorial decision. Probably a bad editorial decision. We say it was a bad editorial decision, the lawyer argued. His own lawyer has said in court that this guy's stuff isn't verified. Now, the lefties listening, Moscow Maddow and others, and the coffee boy, and the, the, the skin-covered bag of Play-Doh, Jonah Goldberg, another lefty grifter. It's not just Steele's lawyer that said this stuff isn't verified. It was the FBI as well. Here, from the Solomon piece, gosh, the lack of verification was confirmed by an FBI spreadsheet that tracked every statement in the Steele dossier. It found that the vast majority were disproven never verified, or internet rumors. He even links to it. You can read the spreadsheet here. So his lawyer says it's unverified. The FBI says he's full of crap on a lot of these charges. None of it, No evidence has ever surfaced anything of substance he said is true. And yet you're still having this guy on ABC? Where are the fact checkers? Nowhere. They're not fact checkers. They're opinion checkers. They're full-time leftist activists and zeroes. Here's the last one I discussed yesterday. Steele said he got all his information from a primary subsource. Well, when interviewed by the FBI in January of 2017, Steele's primary subsource acknowledged having contact with Russian intelligence and giving Steele information from bar talk and gossip. He disowned some of the information attributed to him. At various times, he used terms like inconclusive, have no idea, and did not know the origins of information attributed to the primary subsource or his network of sources, according to the FBI's own notes of the sources' interviews. He's laughing. Keep defending this guy, Stephanopoulos, right? ABC, keep going to bat for this guy. Moscow Rage. Moscow Maddow, keep going to bat for this guy. Keep it up. There was also another gem in there, I didn't even include it because I'm running out of time and I got a bunch of stories I want to get to including the Chinese hypersonic weapon scandal which continues to grow. But the uh, last thing is Steele spoke with Kathleen Kavalec from the State Department and told Kavalec that the operation was being run out of the uh, consulate in Miami. There is no consulate in Miami. He just made the story up. All right, before I get to the Chinese, there's a it should be a big wake-up call with this hypersonic missile test. Wall Street Journal brings up an interesting point. Ladies and gentlemen, if God forbid World War III were to erupt, it's going to look far different than we've read about in the history books in prior World Wars. This hypersonic missile story is a big deal. It's not a small deal. I'm going to get to that in a second. I'm going to just get to this first, and a quick sponsor, uh, last one. But I just want to thank um, Nardini, You know the cat lady. She specializes in sitting in her mommy's basement, <laughs> feeding her cats. Yeah, Joe, <laughs> Joe's like, <laughs> yeah. Nardini sits there and celebrates all day as she uh, helps clean up our our website from uh, uh, companies we that are lefty hacks. So uh, we appreciate her help on that, getting rid of those companies. We're now selling direct on our website and cutting out the middleman. So we save 15%. So thank you to Nardini. We really, I sincerely appreciate your business assistance. We should keep her on a retainer. But I've said to you a long time, for a long time now, that I'm working on a long-term plan. Nardini's unaware of, even the short-term Pyrrhic victories, which aren't even really victories, as she cleans up our website for us, and we deeply appreciate that. Um, I've been working on something for a long time, and I, I, honestly, I know I'm being sarcastic here. Well, she does probably own a thousand cats, but um, being sarcastic about Nardini. But she inspired me a long time ago. I've been watching with her and. There's a group of these Media Matters types and others have been doing, and they inspired me to do something. I thought to myself, you know, outside of my creation of a parallel economy through AlignPay Pay and and Rumble and these other operations I'm working on, I thought, wouldn't it be a great idea to isolate us completely from an ad-supported economy if we needed to? Not me. I mean, I have a lot of great companies that care about freedom of speech. I don't know their politics. I don't care. They don't care about mine. I don't care if they're here to sell products to you. But I thought other creators out there aren't subjected to some of the are subjected to some more pressure. They are. So I've got an announcement coming up soon, and I want to thank Nardini for the inspiration. It is another massive project I'm working on. The announcement will be coming very shortly. And it's for all of you creators out there. It's going to be a way for you to protect yourself. It's a necessary thing. And I want to thank Nardini for another fantastic business idea and for her inspiration. Thank you. And thank you, cats, too. Probably has a cat named Felix, I would imagine. Let me get to my last sponsor. And then I want to move on and talk about the uh, why, a very serious topic about why this Chinese hypersonic missile is a huge threat. It's being downplayed by some people and I can't figure out why. And I got a Milton Friedman video. Can't end the show without a Milton Friedman video, right? We need one of them. We haven't had those in a while. Just quickly, an update on yesterday's story about this Chinese hypersonic missile traveled at Mach 5, according to the Chinese government around the globe and only missed its target by, uh, by 25 miles. It's a big deal. The reason it's a big deal is for a number of reasons. It can likely evade our missile defenses, ladies and gentlemen, and make the U.S. homeland a target. The Wall Street Journal has a fascinating piece called China's Hypersonic Wake-Up Call, and they write the editorial board. This is important to understand because the next major war won't look anything like the last one. The U.S. homeland, but thankfully, was spared from most of World War II's destruction. Most of it. But the next conflict will feature cyber attacks, hypersonic missiles, and unmanned vehicles using artificial intelligence that put the U.S. at risk of war from afar, of attack from afar. <clears throat> Hiding behind Fortress America won't be possible if it ever was. Imagine Pearl Harbors everywhere. World War III could look different. Our air ca- aircraft carriers could become almost useless. Our ground-based nuclear weapon sites, everyone around the world knows where they are. They could be taken out with some of these missiles. This is a big deal. It's a huge deal. Can you imagine an attack on the homeland, door-to-door, what that would look like here? It's happened in just about every country around the world. hasn't happened, thankfully, here, outside of... Uh, 9-11, Pearl Harbor, and, you know, domestic, and, and uh, excuse me, terrorist incidents here. But that line, hiding behind Fortress America, won't be possible. It should be a wake-up call to that. We're counting on missile defenses and things to secure the homeland. What if it's not possible? Something to think about. And it's why that Skolkovo story from yesterday's podcast, if you missed it, check it out. is so important. Hillary Clinton's role in this. All right. It's time for the smales exhortation.
1: You'll get nothing and like it.
0: You'll get nothing and like it. Hat tip Michael Anton, the great Michael Anton. He calls it the Smails exhortation. How Democrats, uh, you know, you vote for stuff. And then when you vote for stuff, the Democrats pull that away too. You'll get nothing and you'll like it. That's the Democrats attitude. Here's the Washington Post yesterday in a hilarious tweet. Unintended comedy opinion. Don't rant about short staff stores and supply chain woes. Try to lower expectations. You'll get nothing and you'll like it. And I thought of this chart by AEI, American Enterprise Institute. This kind of sums up how government and Joe Biden are creating this artificial shortage. There is a shortage because Joe Biden thought it would be a good idea, along with, to be fair, some Republicans, too, to lock down the economy. It was obviously a terrible idea in a time of just-in-time productions. If you're uh, just-in-time production, if you're only ordering your supplies just-in-time and then you lock down the economy, that means you don't have a backfill of your capital stock to build the products you're going to build because you were ordering it just in time, and now everything's locked down. Then they printed a lot of money to pay people not to work, to not produce stuff. That's why we don't have stuff to buy. It's really that simple. So, government's role in creating shortages and creating inflation is well known. The government prints a lot of money. More money chases less stuff. When more money chases less stuff, the price of stuff goes up. So AEI has this chart here. It's very telling. You can see it on my Rumble account, and it's very important. Alex, for you audio listeners, it's very simple. It shows what's gotten more expensive over the last 10 years and what's gotten less expensive. And I want you to look at what's gotten more expensive. Hospital services, college textbooks, college tuition, child care, medical care services, wages, housing, food and beverage. Don't you find it really strange that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven of the eight items on that list or service categories, product categories have gotten more expensive are all areas where government has heavy involvement, medicine, college, education, childcare, wages. Isn't that weird? Government gets involved. Stuff gets more expensive for you. Isn't that weird? I thought they were helping. I thought they were helping. And then you notice things that have got less expensive over the years prices have gone down, new cars, furnishing, clothing, cell phone service, software, toys, TVs, that the things that have gotten more affordable are areas with a very light, if at a government footprint at all. Why is that, folks? What a coincidence, right? Ladies and gentlemen, it's called the third-party payer effect, okay? When you don't pay for health care because you're on Medicaid or Medicare or you pay to a through a third party, Again, at Medicare, people say I paid premiums. I understand, but you're paying to a third party. You're paying a third party and they're paying them. That disconnects you. There's Michael Anton on Fox now, my man. When you, the third party pay, this is really important. You understand this. I'm sorry. I don't mean to, to stumble on it because this is critical. The third party payer effect is this. When I'm paying for a cell phone, right? I go in the store and it's my money and I pay for it. The cost of the phone. And the quality of the phone matter. It's my money, so the cost matters. I don't want to overpay. And the quality matters because it's my phone. When you pay a third party and a third party pays for you, the third party isn't paying with your money. They're paying with a tax pool. So the cost doesn't matter because the third party, the government, they're not, it's not their money. They don't care. And the quality doesn't matter. Because they're not even buying something for them. They're buying health services for you. If you die, what do they care? Milton Friedman made that point a long time ago. That's why anytime you see a third party payer, student aid paying for your college, there's you in the college, the third party's the government. There's you and your doctor, the third party's the government. Whenever you see a third party payer, that third party payer is typically government, you typically see an explosion in costs. Government intervention will always, always drive prices up. Always. And if it drives prices down through price ceilings, what are you going to see? Black markets. You're going to see an increase in demand, a decrease in supply as well. Simple as that. Here is the great Milton Friedman talking about the phenomenon of inflation. And I want you to think about how this applies now. How the government just printed a whole bunch of bad money, not based in value, to give to people not to work. That's what they did. Treasury issued bonds. The Federal Reserve buys them up. It's just printing money. It's no more complicated than that. Milton Friedman has always said, bad money always chases out good money. In other words, the money you earned over the last few decades is now being inflated away. Yours was good money. Okay, am I explaining this right, Joe? Does this make sense? Yours was good money. It had more value. Your money 10 years ago bought more stuff. It was worth more. When you print more money, it creates a lot of bad money that buys less and it chases the good money out. Milton Friedman brilliantly explains this in these two cuts. He talks about how when tobacco was used as money, it'll make sense when it's tobacco. People paid their debts in bad tobacco, not their good stuff. I want you to listen to part one and part two of this. It'll explain how bad money printed by the government always chases out good money. Check out part one.
1: That beleaguered minority of the population that still smokes may recognize this stuff as the raw material from which their cigarettes are made. But in the early days of the colonies, long before the United States was established, this was money. It was a common money of Virginia, Maryland, and the Carolinas. It was used for all sorts of things. The legislature voted that it could be used legally to pay taxes. It was used to buy food, clothing, and housing. Indeed, one of the most interesting sites was to see the Husky young fellows at that time, lug a hundred pounds of it down to the docks to pay the costs of the passage of the beauteous young ladies who had come over from England to be their brides. Now, you know how money is. There's a tendency for it to grow, for more and more of it to be produced, and that's what happened with this tobacco. As more tobacco was produced, there was more money. And as always, when there's more money, prices went up, inflation. Indeed, at the very end of the process, Prices were 40 times as high in terms of tobacco as they had been at the beginning of the process. And as always, when inflation occurs, people complained. And as always, the legislature tried to do something. And as always, to very little avail.
0: Plant more tobacco, use tobacco as money. More tobacco chases the same amount of products. Therefore, the prices go up in tobacco. Print more money to chase the same amount of products. Doesn't have to be tobacco, and more money chases the same amount of products. Here's part two where he explains how bad money always chases out good money. Check this out.
1: They prohibited certain classes of people from growing tobacco. They tried to reduce the total amount of tobacco grown. They required people to destroy part of their tobacco, but it did no good. Finally, many people took it into their own hands, and they went around destroying other people's tobacco fields. That was too much and they passed a law of making it a capital offense, punishable by death, to destroy somebody else's tobacco. Gresham's law, one of the oldest laws in economics, was well illustrated. That law says that cheap money drives out dear money, and so it was with tobacco. Anybody who had a debt to pay, of course, tried to pay it in the worst quality of tobacco he had. He saved the good tobacco to sell overseas for hard money. The result was, And bad money drove out good money.
0: Every single time. You print a bunch of money, all the money you earned when you busted your rump, all of a sudden is worth less. The bad money chased out your good money, whether it's tobacco or paper or Federal Reserve notes. It doesn't matter. Every single time. Now they want to print 3.5 trillion more. Think about all that tobacco they're planting. Think about all that new tobacco chasing the same amount of products. Think about all of the money you earn now being devalued by the new money being printed. You're going to start destroying people's tobacco fields like they did. No better way to cause societal chaos than inflate away the value of people's money, cause everything they earn for to get flushed down the toilet. Hey, one last story. I, I you know, with these UFO stories, I, I'm always hesitant. Joe to put them in the show because why? You know how Fifty percent of the people <laughs> love them, and fifty percent really hate them. There is no in-between. But I saw this story in the Washington Times being in the newsletter. I am just mentioning it on the show because I found it incredibly interesting. There's been yeah. a new report about UFOs, unidentified aerial phenomena, back in the news, Jennifer Harper, the Washington Times. So in this new report, some of these, uh, these military officers offer some evidence, they say, of, quote, ongoing incursions by unidentified aerial objects at nuclear missile sites over several decades. I don't know about you, Joe. That sounds to me like, Kind of a problem. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, you think so? On the problem scale? Kind of? Kind of a problem? Definitely definitely <laughs> meets the kind of criteria. It says the event was organized by former Air Force officer Robert Salas. He says he was the on-duty commander at a launch control facility in Montana. Read the article. It's pretty fascinating. Fascinating. He mentions how these, when these UFOs, these unidentified uh, aerial objects, or flying objects would be UFO to be precise, but you get the point. That when they were around the nuclear facilities, that they became disabled and that they were tampering with the equipment. Sounds to me like kind of a problem, being that the Chinese government just surprised us with a surprised us with a hypersonic missile. We may want to find out who they are, no? May not be little green men. Maybe men from the Chinese Communist Party. And we may be a little bit concerned about that. Sounds like kind of an issue. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in and a sincere, uh, very serious note of gratitude. Thank you for all the incredible letters of support. Uh, You know, we stand together. Solidarity matters. They can't come after all of us. I promise I'm with you in the fight. And just talk for a living. I'll see you on the radio show later. We'll see. You just heard Dan Bongino.